You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another additionally Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. My name is Vinny Iyer, and when I'm going to do this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Check out the site now. We have you taken care of there, rankings, sleepers, busts. My column there, the Week 8 Stardom Sit'em column, The Decider, you can check it out. There as well as picks straight up and picks against the spread for this weekend. And some DFS selections. That's what we focus on here as we close up the week on Locked On Fantasy Football. It's another lineup Friday here, so we're going to just uh, break through all the action here and give you the information that we have on the latest uh, price points and uh, players you want to be targeting as your core, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and defense here in DFS for Week 8. We'll get into that. We'll also talk a little bit about the Packers-Cardinals result there, the Packers holding on. Dramatic finish to that game in Arizona. We thought we might have overtime instead. The Packers walk off there on an interception. So a lot of interesting stuff in that game that developed with two shorthanded teams, and we'll get into that. Then we'll also, again, look at DraftKings and FanDuel, and finally we'll close with the injury updates you need to know there for the weekend. We'll get the status reports there later on Friday, but giving you a hint of what's to come and what you should be prepared for in your lineups. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're free and available for you on all platforms. This episode of Locked On Fantasy Football is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. Big thank you to our fans at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. All right, uh, let's get into the Packers-Cardinals game. And as suspected, we thought the Packers would lean a lot on Aaron Jones. And a little extra work for A.J. Dillon. They ran all over the Cardinals. They played ball control. Grinded. That wasn't the greatest development here for Aaron Rodgers. Neither was the fact that Kyler Murray in the Cardinals offense really didn't do too much here until late in this game. So, And Rodgers, again, ends up with another multiple touchdown game. It, it was a struggle to get to 200 yards, though, because a lot of dinking and dunking. And again, the Packers were having so much success on the ground. They didn't force some things. They had a few... Chances there really close to the goal line that could have turned into touchdowns. We had the field goal in the first half there inside the three after turnover. And then in the fourth quarter, they went for it on fourth down in the one-inch line. We thought we had the Aaron Jones second touchdown of the game, but his uh, butt was declared down short of the goal line. Then Aaron Rodgers almost ran in, and they ended up with no points in that drive. So a little bit frustrating there. Some points were left on the table for sure for the Packers. They outplayed the Cardinals, but almost... Got into overtime because of those fourth down issues there in key situations. So, uh, it, looking at the Packers, again, solid game for Aaron Rodgers. Was it spectacular? No, but he got the multiple TD passes. That's what you're looking for. They both went to Randall Cobb. We recommended Cobb quite a bit when it was clear that Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard were out with COVID-19 list protocol here. So, really, we knew that because he's tr- going to trust a veteran. And it's saying something that... Without uh, Marquez Valdez-Scanling ready, he didn't go to Equinemi St. Brown. It wasn't a lot of Amari Rodgers except for a few wrinkles there as a rookie. But 
used a lot of Juwan Winfrey next. So you knew that Randall Cobb was going to be his go-to guy all over the field. You had Robert Tunyon make a few big plays. Unfortunately, he got hurt. I think he could have had a bigger factor in this game, maybe even helped the Packers score a touchdown in the red zone had he been out there for that last drive. But uh, Tunyon, we'll see about him. Looked like he favored his knee there late. It landed awkwardly after a 35-yard catch. So we'll see if uh, Tunyon is okay going forward. But Cobb, again, this is just a one-week thing. Don't go chase the Cobb points. He's going to go back to being a more complimentary receiver to Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard in the next game. What could help is if Tunyon's on the shelf, I don't know if they'll suddenly unleash Zaya Degara at tight end, which they did a little bit in the game, because they have so many guys at tight end there. I think if that happens, I think you could see more 11 personnel where Cobb in the slot becomes a bigger deal. But Lazard also can play inside. And remember, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, after this mini-buy, about to return from the hamstring injury, that he should be available too. So you can't chase the Cobb points, but for this particular week, in this situation, you took advantage of it, and Cobb scored twice there for Aaron Rodgers. An otherwise quiet night for the Packers uh, veteran retread receiver here. There, But Aaron Jones smashed it as we expected. He looked great as a receiver. Almost got a second touchdown. He got one touchdown. Good rebound game for him. And Dylan, if you were dis- desperate, you got decent flex production from Dylan, but... Again, not catching passes and relying a lot on the running game is hard there to produce enough in fantasy football. Jones, all-around good game. That Washington debacle clearly behind him here after Week 8. Now, for the Cardinals, Kyler Murray ended up the game limping a little bit. Uh, You didn't seem completely right here. The shoulder and finger weren't issues at all anymore, but maybe something to watch the knee. But good they have a mini-buy, some chance to rest here after this game. Kyler Murray, no touchdown passes. Bit of an anomaly. Uh, we had Chase Edmonds finally got in the end zone for the first time this season. It took him seven games. The Cardinals didn't win the game, but then James Conner got the other two red zone scores. What else is new? James Conner, that's what he does. He just comes in and scores touchdowns. He's like the Chris Carter of the Cardinals offense. That's all he really does. I and mean, I know he has some success running the ball, but not in games that are even, where they're not ahead and they just can't hand the ball off to him. There's a lot of Edmonds, a lot of Conner in this game. And DeAndre Hopkins, he gave it a go. He had that nice 55-yard catch where Kyler Murray improvised early in the game. We thought it was going to be touchdown, but fortunately DeAndre Hopkins face-masked his opponent on that. So that uh, kind of really was a buzzkill for Hopkins' value. And then he was in and out of the lineup with a hamstring injury. Just didn't seem right. A.J. Green seemed a little bit lost. They gave him a lot of opportunities, including on the last play, where he didn't turn around and catch the ball there. Instead, Rasul Douglas intercepted it, so... Disappointing. We also saw a missed touchdown connection that could have been between Murray and Christian Kirk, who was flying down the middle of the field, and he was going to go the distance. So, missed touchdown with Hopkins, missed with Kirk, not enough Rondell Moore. A.J. Green also end zone target that didn't play out. So, really funky night for the Cardinals offense. That's why they lost this game. Their defense held in as much as they could. They tightened the screws, but... Again, uh, this offense bad. So zero touchdowns there. A couple of picks from Murray. One went through the hands of Moore. Moore with two turnovers on top of everything else with the muffed punt and uh, tipping that ball there to help with the Packers. So really ugly game for the Cardinals offense unless you had Edmonds and Connor. We like both of them in this game because the Packers run defense issues. They were exploited, uh, but definitely disappointing for those receivers not stepping up with Hopkins hobbled, and I think you got as much as you could from Hopkins in that game. <clears throat> if you played him, considering he's not broken 90 receiving yards in any game, if he doesn't score, that's what you're usually going to get from Hopkins in the game. The season is not being the target monster he usually is for his team. 
All right, let's uh, turn our attention to quarterback. We did have early disappointment in season long with Aaron Rodgers and Kyler Murray, and really in DFS if you play them in that one. But let's turn to the Sunday main slate here, 1 p.m. Eastern time. The guy that I would pay for, Jalen Hurts, 7,200 in DraftKings, 8,400 in FanDuel, playing the Lions. He's heard whispers that they might start Gardner Minshew here. They moved Joe Flacco out of this mix, but Minshew whispers have begun here. Will they bench him at some point and move on at quarterback? So Jalen Hurts is hearing these things. You know that. It's the Lions this week. He's going to try to take over the game with his arm and his legs to say, look, I can still be the franchise guy in Philadelphia. There's some other issues here. So I really like Jalen Hurts if we're going to pay up for a quarterback this week. The other game I'm circling for quarterback play and passing game in general, I think people are looking at Derrick Henry and Jonathan Taylor a lot in this game, but Henry and Taylor are going to set up their quarterbacks pretty well. So you have Ryan Tannehill, 6,500 there on DraftKings, 7,500 on FanDuel. Carson Wentz, 5,700 on DraftKings, 7,200 on FanDuel. Yeah, look there, Carson Wentz has been pretty darn good here. His multiple touchdowns seems to be his thing, running and passing here. The Titans secondary overachieved and really played better against the Chiefs. They have a lot of injuries back there that they're navigating through. So Wentz is feeling it with Michael Pittman, Mo Ali Cox. We'll see about T.Y. Hilton. He's been limited in practice here with the quad. He could return, but Wentz getting it done with different guys. He can throw to the backs as well. So I'm looking at 215-2 from Wentz for that price point. So more of a cash game play. I think Tannehill could be a tournament play if things uh, go back and forth with these two there at that price. So I, I like these two quarterbacks underrated in run-heavy offenses. Again, the runs are going to set up the passing game for both guys in this game for sure. Now the cheap end, I'm looking at Teddy Bridgewater for sure. 5400 on DraftKings, 7000 on FanDuel. He's going to get Jerry Judy back. This is pretty critical. Noah Fant to tight end. We saw last week Aaron Rodgers got a touchdown to Devontae Adams to Al Lazard and Robert Tunyon. So you can definitely see that happen again with Bridgewater making it happen to Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and Noah Fant this week. So like him at home. Washington's defense overachieved. We saw that they could contain the run last week. So maybe might put the Broncos in a position to throw it up a little bit more. So good price points here and return for Teddy Bridgewater. And Trevor Lawrence, this is a nice little dart throw tournament. 5,500 for the Jaguars rookie first overall pick. 6,700 on draft, or on FanDuel, I should say, for Trevor Lawrence. So, look, it, it's not the toughest uh, environment there in Seattle right now. That defense is not playing well. It's a long road trip. But the Jaguars are well-rested after a bye. I think they'll do some things there to open things up. I think you'll see LaVisca Chanel Jr. have a bigger role here with Marvin Jones. They'll throw to Dan Arnold a little bit more, play off that running game with James Robinson. So I like the return that you can get on Trevor Lawrence there on the other side of Geno Smith and Seattle this week. All right, we will uh, get into uh, the rest of the positions here, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, that you can look at the best values there and core players you should target there. For DFS in week number eight. We already told you at the top that this episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group knowing they have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose is a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge. It's a place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. For me, I like having dependable Wi-Fi too because I like to work at McDonald's from time to time. They're pretty quiet there and uh, really nice people that work there. And they have good coffee. Don't forget the McCafe. And uh, you can enjoy a treat with that as well. Sweet treat and 
coffee in the middle of the afternoon uh, when you're trying to get that last bit of work done. Yeah, that's really great. And McDonald's can provide that pick-me-up for you. And uh, again, you should uh, check out your local McDonald's as well to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say Locked On Fantasy Football Watch Party? And again, McDonald's, uh, we love that they sponsor the show here on Locked On Fantasy Football. All I can say about McDonald's, I'm loving it. All right, let's uh, continue the show here looking at the DFS targets of DraftKings and FanDuel for running back and wide receiver. We'll also get to tight end defense, and we'll close the show in our final segment looking at injury updates. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. You know we've got you covered on all things fantasy football, but with the trade deadline right around the corner, don't miss our live NFL trade deadline show, reaction to every move, plus the second half season preview and much more. Catch the show live from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time, November 2nd, on the Locked On NFL YouTube page. All right, let's uh, continue the show here and uh, look at the running backs we're targeting. I don't want to go high-end this week. you got to pay quite a bit. Some of those guys are also a little bit banged up. I'm not going to pay for Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor in that game too much. Uh, there, I think you'll get a decent return, but again, I think the passing games will be involved in that one. DeAndre Swift is where I'm starting here against the Eagles, and we know he puts up a lot of garbage points. He's really the only reliable weapon at this point. TJ Hawkinson, a tight end, has got the targets, but the production hasn't always been there. He was pretty good early in the season, but the connection with Jared Goff has been a little lost. DeAndre Swift, check down, check down, check down. He runs pretty well. He finished the red zone. Now you have uh, Jamal Williams coming up with an injury here in the middle of the week, so you could see DeAndre Swift see more touches than usual in this one. The Eagles play two safeties back. There will be a lot of opportunity for checkdowns there. The Eagles should play with the lead in this one. That's going to help Swift even more. He's a key part of what the Lions do all over the field with route running. So, And 7,100 for DeAndre Swift on DraftKings, 7,900 on FanDuel. Joe Mixon as well in a really good smash spot where the Bengals should be in control here. 6,900 on DraftKings, 7,600 on FanDuel against the Jets. The Jets are much easier to run on, by the way, than throw on. So... I think a lot of people are on Joe Burrow and uh, looking for big game there. But, again, I, the Bengals' defense is good, and their running game can be very good in this one. So they're not going to need to put the ball up a lot. I mean, you can't go chase the Ravens' box score. I know they blew out the Ravens ending up, but they did that by design because the Ravens were pretty good against the run and more vulnerable against the pass in different areas. But when you look at uh, this Jets' defense, clearly the weakness is against the run. C.J. Mosley, their running or their Linebackers hurt. They've got some other issues on the second level as well. So I really like uh, Joe Mixon here as a runner and receiver to really deliver with those numbers. The next guy I like is James Robinson. He's actually priced down on DraftKings, 6600 I'm going to take that price. Priced up, however, on FanDuel to 8200 So, again, Swift and Mixon have more appeal on the FanDuel than having James Robinson. But 66 you got to take him. There, I mean, it's unusual to go Trevor Lawrence, James Robinson as a stack, but you could consider that the price point really load up in other positions there because I think the Jaguars are going to have enough success where you might get two touchdowns from Trevor. Big game from James Robinson yardage-wise, maybe a connection between the two of them. So it's unusual there, but I, I think you can get a return. P- me personally, I don't want to get both of them in there, but one of the Jaguars' uh, offensive principles I would like in there against Seattle this week. I love Damian Harris as well. 6,100 on uh, DraftKings, 6,900 on FanDuel. The Chargers are terrible against the run. Damian Harris is coming off a monster rushing effort against the Jets. It's going to be a back-and-forth game, so you don't see 
a lot of the backups getting too much work there, like last week with the blowout pulling away. It'll be a little bit tighter. I love Damon Harris again. He's fully healthy. Ramondre Stevenson, not a threat. He was an inactive last week. J.J. Taylor and Brandon Bolden just have limited roles behind that. Damian Harris. So I love Damian Harris a lot. Again, those price points are excellent here for another big game against the worst run defense for fantasy football in the NFL. Alex Collins, people are looking at Rashad Penny, but Rashad Penny didn't look all that great. Alex Collins is a favorite of Pete Carroll, the coaching staff, 5,307,000. Let's make sure he plays through the growing injury. They're giving him some rest, but they love him. And that matchup against the Jaguars says go there. Zach Moss, 5,200 on DraftKings, 6,100 on Fando of the Bills. Running back, he had two touchdowns against the Dolphins in the first meeting. They should have a lot of success running. We know that's the biggest weakness here on Miami. And finally, if I'm going to go with the Philadelphia back, filling in for Miles Sanders, I'm going to Kenneth Gainwell, 5,000 on DraftKings, 5,900 on FanDuel. Gainwell's going to get involved in the passing game, get you some numbers that way, and also a good threat in the red zone there over Boston Scott this week. Let's uh, turn over to wide receiver and uh, we mentioned uh, Tannehill, we like him. A.J. Brown's been on fire right with him. Tannehill will get to the multiple TD passes this week. A.J. Brown easily could have two of them. 6900 and 7600 are prices for A.J. Brown. What's happened here is that Julio Jones has had the hamstring. He's been ineffective. Now you have Chester Rogers banged up here, the third wide receiver. You don't really have a tight end other than Michael Pruitt you throw to. The tight ends are being used more to block and help Tannehill that way. So what you're seeing here is A.J. Brown dominating and going back to doing his big things here. He's fully healthy this week, just getting some rest here. So A.J. Brown, love that connection here with Tannehill this week to really get heated up and continue to uh, deliver big numbers. Now Calvin Ridley and Matt Ryan have been a little quiet, but the way that Kyle Pitts is going right now at tight end, Pitts might be the focal point. That's going to help here. The Panthers are a little bit better at safety than at wide receiver anyway, or, or covering wide receivers, I would say, with their corners at, at this point. So, again, don't be afraid of Stephon Gilmore playing. They can move Ridley around the formation here. He's overdue for a Calvin Ridley type game where he makes big plays, gets in the end zone, puts it all together. And I think this happens this week. 6,600 there on DraftKings, 7,000 on FanDuel. I love Chris Godwin this week again. 6,400 on DraftKings, 7,200 on FanDuel. Mike Evans is going to get Marshawn Lattimore. You have no Antonio Brown again in that Saints matchup. So, Tom Brady's going to go to his reliable. Working the slot here. You also have Bradley Roby on the other side. He's pretty decent on the outside. So Godwin and Gronkowski, that's going to be that type of game here as Gronk returns. That's where the lean is going to be here for Tom Brady in this matchup against New Orleans. Now uh, Chase Claypool coming off a hamstring injury and a bye week for the Steelers. 6,300-6,500. Denzel Ward with the hamstring. We talked about uh, that issue there for the Browns. Uh, there, that could really open things up here for Claypool to stretch the field against a weaker secondary where he could see the rookie Greg Newsom there. So that would help Claypool, and I think you'll see a little bit better downfield throwing effort from Ben Roethlisberger in Cleveland this week, especially if J.D. Von Clowney also misses the game and uses the pass rush for him. Marvin Jones is someone you could attach to Trevor Lawrence, 5900 and 6400 are his prices there on DraftKings and FanDuel. He's still the number one. Cheneau is a deep sleeper, but right now Marvin Jones go there. I love Devonta Smith tying him to Jalen Hurts. He's at 5,500, 6,200. I know it wasn't great returns against the Buccaneers and Raiders, but I think he changed this week. The Lions simply have no one to cover the rookie out of Alabama. The reigning Heisman Trophy winner and dynamic playmaker. We mentioned uh, Carson Wentz. Good matchup again for Michael Pittman. We'll see if uh, T.Y. Hilton can return, but Pittman should be a target monster. He's a Kind of a hybrid tight end with his size. He's a big slot. You can get him open all over the field. 
Good chemistry developing between him and Wentz. 5,300 on DraftKings, 6,600 Fandle. And finally, one really good bargain here, especially on DraftKings, 4,900 for the returning Jerry Judy. Cooking time with Teddy Bridgewater, 66. Judy can work the slot. That's going to really help when they go 11 personnel working in the middle of the field. So Cortland Sutton playing off him there. You do have a William Jackson could return on the corner. He hasn't been great for Washington, but he's a veteran. But they are really struggling on the inside. So Jerry Judy at that price point, really good play this week. <coughs> All right, quickly, running over the tight ends, we're going to target Kyle Pitts. If you want to pay up for him, you have to on both sides, 6300 and 6800 He's the highest paid uh, priced uh, tight end and also the highest paid tight end among the rookies here. Yeah, he's coming on strong. He's dominating. But then pay up if you need him. He's just seeming like an unstoppable player at this point. Dallas Goddard, 4700 5900 yards, prices on DraftKings and FanDuel. Get another way to tie into Jalen Hurts. Goddard really came on without any Zach Ertz target pulling away. He's really the 1A here to Devonta Smith. So nice little combination could be there between Hurts, Smith, and Goddard if you want to go to there this week. And if you're going bargain basement for tight end, I think you have to go to Mo Ali Cox. Again, another way to bring in Wentz into this. Mo Ali Cox, like CJ Uzama, is scoring a lot of games. That's another guy you could look at. Very similar type of tight ends. Uh, Ali Cox, more of a direct red zone threat. Uzama has some field stretching ability. But again, that's why I didn't like the Bengals wide receivers this week. But again, Ali Cox, if there's no T.Y. Hilton, he's going to be the key second target there behind Michael Pittman. And really, he's working out of Jack Doyle as well at tight end. Now, defense, uh, we're looking at the Bills there for 3300 on DraftKings, 4700 They get Miami. They shut them out the first time. Don't expect a similar result this time with Tua Tagovola playing a little bit better. But it still could be pretty ugly for the Dolphins on the road in Buffalo in the elements. And I like the Eagles in Fort Field here. 2700 on DraftKings, only 4100 on FanDuel. They should get some plays here. They're... They were disappointing last week defensively for sure, but Darius Big Slay, Big Play Slay returns to Detroit. Revenge game for Big Play Slay. He's going to come with a big play, and they're going to have some sacks in this game from the interior offensive line here with Frank Ragnow hurting for the Lions there in the interior. So Bills and Eagles run up targeting there defensively here this week. All right, so that takes care of uh, all the DFS targets and core players we're looking at across positions there. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan like me, we're definitely passionate about our favorites. My favorites include double chocolate, German chocolate, salted caramel. Those are just some of the flavors they have. And I like chocolate upon chocolate. They're coconut, raspberry, cherry, barcia, mint brownie. You've got double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate. So many favorite flavors there that you can pick from. I like, again, the chocolate upon chocolate because I know all the Built Bars are covered in 100% chocolate. Soft and easy chew. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mix box where you get two each of the nine core flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy to amazingly healthy. Check it out. 17-8 grams protein, 130-180 calories, only 4-5 to five grams sugar, and only 45 grams net carbs. All the flavors are amazing. They're all tasty, all healthy. Order today and get whatever you like. A mix box is waiting for you. Built Bar is the official protein bar as well of the U.S. track and field team, so you can feel great about that when you... Order and uh, support your Team USA. Go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, time to run down the injury updates here for week number eight. Let's do this. 
Baker Mayfield is still dealing with that left shoulder injury. Case Keenum is trending to start now against the Steelers, so we'll see if he can play. Dak Prescott should be okay for the Cowboys game. We should see him perform here on Sunday night, so don't worry too much about Dak. You got Deshaun Watson not going to be playing. He could be traded by this weekend here at the trade deadline looming on Tuesday. We could have Tyrod Taylor, however, return, so we're going to watch that over Davis Mills against the Cart against the Rams this week. So we'll see how that plays out. Tua Tagvola is good to go with his ribs injury. Taysom Hill probably going to miss another game with a concussion here for the Saints. Zach Wilson not going to be playing with that knee injury for up to a month. Mike White will start now, but Joe Flacco could be starting around the corner here. Ben Roethlisberger going to play with the pectoral injury there against the Browns. You got uh, Trey Lance there. Not going to be... Fully strength here with the knee injuries. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to start against the Bears. You have uh, Nick Chubb should return from the calf injury. Limited practice for two straight days for Chubb. DeAndre Swift, we like him in DFS. He's going to keep playing through that growing injury. We talked about Jamal Williams. He's banged up. He's got a thigh injury. So that could increase Swift's workload. John the Ribs should play through his ribs injury as well as his teammate for the Colts, Naeem Hines. Daryl Williams of the Chiefs has a hamstring injury, but he'll play Monday night against the Giants. Austin Eckler, we're going to track this one. He popped up in the injury report with a hip injury. He should be okay for the Patriots game, but we'll watch that carefully. You have Saquon Barkley not playing again with the ankle. Devontae Booker will start against the Chiefs. Tevin Coleman probably going to miss another game for the Jets. That should be good things for Michael Carter, the rookie there. Miles Sanders has multiple injuries here, ankle and foot. He's going to miss the Lions game with the committee of Kenneth Gainwell a little bit more than Boston Scott in that very good matchup in Detroit. Alex Collins uh, should be good to go with his growing injury. Antonio Gibson should play through a shin injury again, but they have a bye week, so they could be careful with him in Week 8 against the Broncos, with Week 9 being off. Terrace Marshall Jr. probably not going to be available for the Panthers, still battling that concussion, so let's hope uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson can step a little more. Allen Robinson will play through an ankle. That's fine. The Justin Fields connection is not fine, however. Odell Beckham Jr. is going to play through his shoulder for the Browns. Jarvis Landry, we'll see if he can come back here with a knee injury. Donald Peoples-Jones, however, looks like he might miss the game with a growing injury against the Steelers. We have Cedric Wilson battling a shoulder injury. He could be re- rejoined by Michael Gallup in that uh, wide receiver core for the Cowboys. We'll see. We're monitoring T.Y. Hilton here as well. Can he go? Uh, it's it's going to be uh, tough here. The quad injury, we'll monitor that. If not, upgrade for Michael Pittman and Mo Alley-Cox. Mike Williams steps into a tough matchup, but he's going to play with a knee injury against the Patriots. You have Devontae Parker, shoulder and hamstring. We'll see if he can finally come back and play for the Dolphins. And Adam Thielen is good to go with a foot injury for the Vikings. You have Deontay Harris probably going to miss the Saints game against the Buccaneers with a hamstring. That should mean more for Marquez Callaway. Kenny Galladay and Kadarius Tony knee and ankle respectively look like they'll miss another game for the Giants with Sterling Shepard, iffy as well with a hamstring injury. Devonta Smith had a headache on Wednesday and couldn't practice, but he should be back on track. Great matchup there. Like him in DFS as well as this guy, Chase Claypool with a hamstring. He's good to go for the Browns game. Debo Samuel, we were a little bit worried on Wednesday when he didn't practice, but he got a limited practice in and should play here against Chicago. DK Metcalf will play through his foot injury against the Jaguars. Antonio Brown looks like he's going to miss another game with that ankle injury, so you're already prepared for that. Julio Jones is uh, very iffy here for the Colts. He could miss it. Uh, Chester Rogers, we mentioned him having a groin injury, so good things for A.J. Brown. Terry McLaurin is going to play through his hamstring injury for Washington. Dawson Knox, as we turn to tight end, is not going to play with that hand injury. And you'll see Tommy Sweeney fill in against the Dolphins, maybe a little bit more slot work for 
Cole Beasley and some more outside work for Gabriel Davis in that game. TJ Hawkinson, limited. He's now has an ankle issue to go with the knee issue, but he'll play. Just been tough here with Jared Goff. Struggling, Travis Kelsey will continue to play with a neck injury against the Giants. Jonah Smith, if he did play with a shoulder injury for the Patriots, has been limited in practice here. Hunter Henry's revenge game could be even sweeter if he's not sharing the work there at tight end. Evan Ingram, limited there for the Giants, should play against the Chiefs. Tyler Croft, not available for the Jets, potentially here with a back injury, but you're not counting on them in fantasy. Eric Ebron, interesting that he had a hamstring pop-up limited there on Thursday. That could mean more Pat Freermuth in this game against the Browns. Rob Gronkowski is going to return, looks like. Got in full practice on Thursday with a ribs injury. Should return here against the Saints. O.J. Howard, however, looking iffy with the ankle injury. Ricky Seal-Jones should play through a quad injury, filling in again for Logan Thomas in Denver. All right, there you have it. There's your look at the injury updates you need to know here in week number eight. We also took care of DFS, took care of takeaways from Thursday Night Football. And don't forget, uh, next time uh, we talk to you, it'll be Monday, Roundup Monday. We'll have takeaways from all of Sunday's action there for you. Uh, there are most important things you need to know from everything that happened. Surprising, disappointing, good, bad, ugly. Thanks for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. Good luck in your matchups this week. Now make your second listen to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give the expert NFL analysis less than 30 minutes. It's free and available on platforms. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Again, have a great day. Make sure you win all your matchups this week, whether you're playing season-long or DFS in fantasy football.